I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Podcastianos presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. Before or after the game, of America, stop by Moots for a full pie or just a slice of authentic New York pizza. My name is Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, very excited to finally be back on the air with Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you, buddy? What's up, buddy? I'm doing well. It's slipping into something something old familiar, like a comfortable pair of jeans, Hall. Yeah, how, how did, speaking of unfamiliar, how, how did things go with Chris and Colin? It was it was fun. It was different than usual, but we we kept some of the old standbys. You know, the power rankings are still around. I got to tell you, um, I had to do a little role reversal. I had to pretend to be the host, and uh, you make it seem easy. Uh, I I fumbled my way through, and I tried to pretend to be the adult, but it was difficult. We should we should fun. try switching that up. Just you and I one week. That would be oh. fun. I'll power rank. You go running. Uh, maybe I'll take my car out for a ride and see who I can find. <laughs> so what, what, what was Colin up to these days? He um, is a, a part of a business that his wife started where they do smoothies. Oh. And a, I forget the name of the town, but in Ohio. Oh, so they work whoa. together and they run their smoothie shop. I put the link in one of the episode notes, but uh, visit Colin's smooth the baluster smoothie shop uh and he seems to be loving life so kiddos and family life he's doing his thing the official smoothie shop of the podcast dianos absolutely without a doubt uh so since last time i was on spent both time in both colorado and kansas um eric so this has kind of come to the forefront specifically in being in that part of the country what region would you say that those states are in i would say colorado would be like the mountain west and Kansas would be like the Great Plains. All right. See, I completely agree with those. I was told in both places that we were still in the Midwest, which is flat what? out out outrageous. No, Co- no, correct? no, 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 no. I said yeah, I said yeah. many a, a Kansan and Coloradan straight with that specific uh, sentiment. Like people who live there would claim that they're Midwesterners. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm from Michigan, or I guess Indiana. We're from Colorado, both Midwesterners. 
No, I mean, only only if you're from Los Angeles or New York City, would you consider the whole center of America the Midwest? I mean, it surprises me that people live there would claim that. I think that I think the Midwest should be reapportioned because I'm I'm assuming that the Midwest was named that like as we were expanding westward and maybe yeah. it didn't go all the way to California. Yeah, the like, old I think people, yeah. I think there should be Great Lakes, Midwest, Great Plains, Rocky Mountain. Like I think all of those should be as ubiquitous as Midwest. But that's okay. just me. That's my that's my soapbox. So if you are going to call the new uh, a new region the Great Lakes, would we be no longer in the Midwest? Or yeah, does... I, I, I would give Midwest to like Iowa and Missouri. Um, I don't know. Nebraska. I'm not sure where where that. Yeah, Nebraska. I'm not sure where that in the Great Plains like divide. But yeah, I mean, you got like basically anything that touches a Great Lake, See, other I, than I, maybe Pennsylvania, like Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. Screw Ohio. They don't get in anything. <laughs> um, but that that would be my Great Lakes. I would be eager to add a Great Lakes region, but to me, the Midwest would superscribe, would encapsulate the Great Lakes region as well. All right. Like you can be fair. Great Lakes and still in the Midwest because it's a larger. So region. then you could throw like Missouri and Iowa in Great Plains and then they're both yes. Midwest. All I would right. say so. I can get behind that. A lot of geography oh, talk. Now that Probably we've got it all expecting. figured it out. Uh, speaking of something else really dumb, did you see the New Era uh, mixed font cap releases today? Oh, what is New Era doing? What is New Era run by? Did the Keebler elves take over because they stopped making the cookies in the tree? Like, who is in charge of New Era? Surely someone is just having spasms when they're they're at their computer, and that's how we're getting these things. These absolutely can't be ridiculous. Real, right? I mean, so bad. Not even you would wear a cap that ugly. And excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, but and you, no. you tend to, you know, try the youthful caps, you know, the, the broad tops and so forth. I'm more of a, I, you know, I'm a decade older. I got the dad cap. Yeah. And as Jerry Seinfeld notes, whatever era or whatever clothing we're wearing in our best era, that's just what you keep going with. Keep going. So yeah. I'm always going to have the, the flat bills and you'll always have the the curved brim, which is but, fine. But like people your age or slightly younger do wear some gaudy caps. Am I True. wrong with that? No, this definitely is, not. This is bringing gaudy to a new level. Like these are, the font ones are ugly. Just like the the area code ones, were, they're hideous. What are they doing? Yeah, they're they're so bad. It's, it's hard to describe how bad those ones were. But anyway, uh, so Eric, since the last time we spoke, I saw this story and I immediately thought of you uh and i'm quoting from fr24 news here i'm putting up the air quotes because this is a direct quote Uh, a 65 year old man woke up abruptly after a reticulated python bit him while sitting on the toilet at home uh he went to the toilet around 6 a.m and found a and now i'm quoting the police report pinch in the genitals shortly after sitting on the toilet he then turned to see a meter and a half albino snake in the toilet bowl. Okay, you read this and you thought of me? Thought of you. I could see this happening to you. Maybe with turkeys instead of, of pythons, but now, still. I, I, I would read this and think about you because, you know, you're the animal lover. And maybe the animals love you back like right, right from underneath. Which is fine. Uh, care to guess what country this is in? It's got to be someplace south. Uh, Brazil. 
Austria. It was. It, it sounds oh. like it was someone's. It was someone's pet someone's that escaped. Cat. So yeah, that was actually a little bit of a false flag. Uh, so the man was hospitalized for minor injuries. So this is my my big question for you, Eric. If you had to choose an animal to nibble on your genitals, which would you pick? Um, <laughs> it's not ready for this question. Uh, I'm gonna say a, a, a bluegill. Okay, because you're gonna have to give me more on this one. I, I why a bluegill? Have you ever have you never been swimming and had just like a, they're they're a little startling, but a fish like nip nip you, just like no, a little nip. I'm not. I'm not big for like natural water swimming, so that's kind of kind of beyond me. But when when I was when I was little, we had a cottage uh, near Shelbyville in Michigan, and we would uh, swim all the time, all day, every day. And occasionally, the little fish would you'd sit. You know, if you sit still, the little fish would come and nip you, and it'd be a little startling, but it wouldn't be unpleasant. And occasionally, you know, they would get into your more white, intimate regions. And it's a little startling, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be too bad. There'd be no damage whatsoever. I, I wouldn't want a pike, but you know, the, a bluegill would probably be fine. And you're underwater; nobody's going to see. There's no damage, so that's that's why. Given the three seconds I had to think about it, I'm choosing bluegill. Truth be told, that is actually a fantastic answer. Like I can kind of picture what you're saying here, and I think that that is best case scenario. Well, like, it's like it sh- the kois who come and eat the eat the feet, but maybe yeah. you know they're just kind of gumming them. They're lipping them. There's no teeth, no teeth, people, no teeth. Yeah, uh, all I could think of was was a, like some sort of infant animal, something that hasn't gotten the the big teeth to come in yet. Okay, but like a bunny. I, yeah, sure, but I feel like you're you're all over this, so I I I defer to as always. I defer to your wisdom. You don't want anything with teeth or a beak, especially not a beak. That'd get real painful real fast. And you don't want anything that uh, you know, man. There's any number of directions you could go or not go with that. So if you want to get more of this kind of talk and also maybe some some stuff about the Tigers and whatnot, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain and the show is at podcastianos. We are on Facebook at podcastianos. And as always, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the show at. Also, uh, this show is brought to you by Moots Pizzeria and Bar, the Moots? motor Moots the motor <laughs> the motor city the New motor city. city. That's what they, that, those are they the shirts they should print. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Motor City's only authentic New York pizzeria. It's become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene amongst the best of the brightest. They also have favorites like garlic knots. And the Uptown and Bronx Pizza, Gemelli Pasta, and the Chocolate Lava Cake. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies or grab an authentic slice from their slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, Moots validates two hours in the Z-Lot, which, as we've discussed on the show many times, is probably the coolest parking garage in the entire world. Yeah. Tell them that Jordan and Eric sent you. Also, um, we're going to make this second New York food, you know, really popular in Detroit. The first being the Coney Dog. Isn't that interesting? That's not, a, that's not ours? Well, isn't Coney 
dogs from Coney Island in New York? You would certainly think that, wouldn't you? I, I, do, I do think that. Whether I'm wrong or not, I don't know. But I'm assuming Coney dogs are from Coney Island. You know, there's the whole hot dog eating contest. I just assumed. But like Detroit embraced that as its as its imported thing from New York. Yeah. Just like that New York New York style pizza could be, you know, right at Moots. Get go get your New York food. It's good. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. Uh, so Eric, maybe we should stay apart a little bit more because since the last episode we did together, it kind of seems like the fellas have figured it out. Uh, yeah. Thirty and twenty two since May eighth. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know the last stretch where you've been eight games over 500, but it has to be a half a decade ago. That's a very good. I mean, it definitely hasn't happened since the, the David price trade that kind of signaled the end of the old era. So right? what are we, what are we, what are we ascribing the success to? Is it lack of quality opponents? Is it, you know, hinge coaching them up? Is it dumb luck? What's what's go? What do you what do you make of this? Well, not not to be that guy, but as always, it is a little bit of all of those things. You yeah. have a lot of guys who simply couldn't have continued to play as bad as they had. Finally, yeah. starting to fix, like Jonathan Scope, like he was hitting what a buck eighty, like a decent yeah. way into the season. That we was had, never we had discussed this. Yeah, he was yeah. bound to improve. I didn't see this coming. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's turned into an all-star, uh, Jake Rogers, Eric Haas have kind of solidified that catcher spot that like it had been really bad for kind of mm-hmm. quite a while. Akil has taken off. And, and honestly, I feel we'll, we'll get into Akil a lot more later, but I feel like Akil kind of has that helium to him. Like when he gets going, other guys kind of feed off that. He has a helium. Oh, there we go. Print those shirts too. <laughs> no, don't. um, do not print any shirts. The the pitching staff has has continued to kind of roll. Yeah, like, bingo. Uh, I I give I give AJ quite a bit of credit. Like I I do think there's something to kind of getting that winning feel. And you know I obviously credit Chris Fetter a lot, but I do think that it's a little bit of everything that you mentioned. It's been it's been a good couple months to be a Tigers fan. Yeah, I mean, to me, at one point Scooble was zero and six to start the year and now he's since then he's gone five and two i believe i mean that's a big swing uh in a big part of your rotation i mean mice has just continued to improve we got a couple wins out of uh willie peralta which seems a little bit startling uh <laughs> not surprising startling start, little you startling. have been taken aback by willie peralta's success <laughs> he's been great it's, it's been nuts uh manning threw in that one good start so everybody's kind of contributing urania hasn't helped but i mean everybody else has really you know done i i ascribe a lot of it to the pitching i I tell you what if we get behind we're we're fairly easy to beat but if we get a lead in our head we have some bullets in that bullpen as far as pitching goes like if we roll out the good guys we can we can win and that's without Michael Fulmer being available right now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. There is a lot of downside in our bullpen. We, we are good at conceding when we need to. But when we're ahead, we got some, we got some weapons. It's been fun. 
I feel like that's the case. What, what bullpen doesn't have some weak links, though? I mean, right. I, you're always going to throw your crappier pitchers when you're trailing by four or five runs. Like right. that, that I, I don't, I don't necessarily take any issue with that. Um, but yeah, let's let's just start with your boy. Um, he's on fire again, Akil. You were on it. I don't, I don't think you actually believed that he was a good player. But from the the minute that the the Rule Five draft happened. And that you heard the name Akil Badu, and that entered into your consciousness. You've been on him. He's kind love, of on fire again. You do. He's on fire. I mean, he fought his way through an absolutely vicious slump. He, he started hot for a while. Yep. He started magical, and then he could then he could not hit the ball. I mean, just not made contact. He looked lost. But then it's almost like he took a step back and said, "Okay." Um, I'm not going to muscle it over the fence every time. He had a little, little better approach. He started hitting some singles, and then slowly the power kept keeps coming back now, but without what without as many strikeouts. And now his walk to strikeout ratio is an acceptable range. Um, he's hitting for average and for a little bit of power. I mean, he almost let off yesterday's game with a home run. It got taken back. I mean. So he has been warranting more trust too. Hinge is putting him in there in the leadoff spot. It's been an incremental increase in the amount of responsibility and opportunity he's had, you know, leading, leading off more, facing a few more left-handers. And it's wise for Hinge to kind of build these things incrementally, but he's been able to handle most all these challenges now. Yeah, I, I I think when you when you said it almost seemed like he took a step back and reevaluated, like that seems spot on. Over a third of his walks have come in the last fifteen days, right? Like for the for the season, like he's he's walking again. Um, it seems like he got obviously too much hype early and and maybe not quite enough hype now. I don't know. Maybe we were burned yeah. by the the first thing. Um, but but t- going back to when you mentioned kind of taking a step back, reevaluating, and kind of re um, strategizing. I feel like that to me is more encouraging than any of the the good numbers. Like just this guy having the ability to um, kind of look beyond what he's doing on a day to day basis to try and try and figure something else out. Like there's not a lot of guys that can do that. You know, they are making an analogy. They they teach little babies that you need to learn to self soothe. You know, you have to figure it out on your own. Well, good major league ball players figure out how to self-correct themselves like oh something's out of whack so now now i know what i have to do and i can get myself back on track and that's that's a valuable skill and the kid i don't want to call him a kid that's not fair the man is 22 years old yeah i mean he's, he's a young man um and he does not have the mileage in the minor leagues as some of the other guys do too so there's still a lot of upside and you can see that he is an extremely exciting player. You know, he's got energy, his, you know, helmet's flying off, he's stealing bases, but you can see that there's room for a little polish yet, right? Like oh, yeah. in two years, if he's still the same caliber, I mean, you could see him just by polishing a few aspects of his game really improve his capacity as a player too. There's there's upside there yet. And for the first time in quite a while, I actually trust the staff to get him there. Sure. Yep. And I don't, um, maybe that's not fair on Gardenhire. I, I don't know, but right. 
guys are improving now and it's been a while since we've seen that do you make anything of losing two staff coaches to uh head coaching jobs so we just lost chip hale to arizona he was our third base coach and we also lost uh cruz jose cruz jr am i saying that right and he went to coach at rice i believe rice do you make anything of that or just kind of happenstance that's just kind of how it works because that's relatively rare to lose big league staff in the middle of a year I, I i kind of attribute it to happenstance but i also think that it's a good sign that aj hinch has appointed guys that have fresh ideas that other people want you know what i mean like yeah. nobody was coming not to, not to rag on garden hire because he he was what he was but nobody was knocking on his door for any of his staff hinch right. has some of these guys that you know are bringing some of the the newer fresher ideas and yeah Unfortunately, I think that's going to be the price of doing business when you have guys that um, are valuable, essentially. We haven't really talked a lot about Hinch on this podcast at all. We've talked a lot about players. We have not talked about Hinch. And I think that's relatively amazing. Every time I see him at a press conference, uh, win or lose, the man is uh, earnest, forthright, and exceptionally steady and calm and what more do you want in a leader like you don't know most days in a press conference by looking at them whether they they won or lost which is healthy but also in the dugout a guy gets a big hit or whatever and he's in there with the boys a little bit i mean it's hard for us to observe we're not there every day but just from the atmospherics a little bit and the essence of it, it seems like uh, Hinch has a pretty steady hand on the tiller. Yeah, I, I really like him. Like you say, we're we're not in the clubhouse, we're not in the in the locker room, but um, which are actually the same thing. We're not in the clubhouse or the dugout. There we go. Those are two separate things. Um, but he won a World Series. I, you know, <laughs> do do what you what what you will with with all the the, the baggage that goes around there. Yeah, but he has yeah. done this before. He knows what he's doing. Um, I don't, he's he's gone through this process and he knows that there's going to be the ups and the downs. He knows he he's hand, we'll we'll get to this later also, but he's handling Casey and and Manning and Scooble in their innings. Like this is something that he's been there before. Like I don't I don't think any rebuilding situation is going to be too much for him. Right. And then once hopefully we end up good, I don't think that any you know contending situation is going to be too much for him either. Right. And you see little hints of innovation. I mean, he does not mind tinkering with the lineup. I remember, you know, Leland or whatever, some things would be cemented with the lineup. Now, different players, different set of circumstances, but Hinch does not mind. I think it was the first like 25 games. He never repeated the same lineup. Yeah. yeah it was, um, it, with, with Leland, it was who's going to hit second Rayburn or Marcus Timms, one yeah, or the other. Yeah. Uh, and somebody's off and you just put Don Kelly in that spot. So everybody else obviously. stays the same, obviously. Um, but you see uh, pretty dramatic defensive shifts. Um, you've seen twice now uh, squeeze plays. Um, and sometimes it requires extra patience and sometimes it re- requires extra aggressiveness. But he seems a little bit more innovative and ballsy than what we've had. And that's that's fun too. And I think that the true nature of the essence and ballsiness is that he's willing to put on a squeeze bait. Like that's kind of against conventional wisdom at this point. Like he's passe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, He's willing to do whatever it takes uh, to to win a ball game, even if it's maybe a little bit against what, what everyone 
assumes everyone thinks that he should do. It doesn't seem like he's real concerned with what Tiger's Twitter thinks. And in that, he's earned the respect of Tiger's Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And, and even uh, things like pitching Soto for five innings, or, two, or not five innings, five hitters, or two innings when he needs to, or stretching guys, or getting creative with the bullpen. I love how he's used uh, Soto and Cisnero. And, you know, a little bit interchangeable when the situation calls for it. I mean, that's just modern baseball thinking. Definitely. Uh, let's let's jump right to Gregory Soto. Yes, he was he was named our all star. Uh, wasn't wasn't a whole lot in the way of choices. It was probably either no. him or him or Jonathan Scope. Do you think he was yeah. the right call? Uh, probably. You know, it's funny how the selection process works, because there's like a three-stage process. There's the fan vote and then it goes to the players. And then finally the league kind of cleans it up and, and picks people. It was likely for the Tigers to have a relief pitcher and Evan Woodbury laid this all out in an article. And even if scope is a better player, um, it makes more sense. The Tigers need a player. They're probably more space for relievers. That's why Soto got it. I mean, he's worthy. Don't get me wrong. But it's more of a numbers game, really. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I want to throw Jose Cisneros right in there, too. Like, he doesn't yeah. necessarily have quite as, as gaudy a numbers, and he's not left-handed. Um, but, I mean, he's been so good this year, too. Uh, honestly, his, his numbers and Soto's numbers actually are, are really similar. Um, yeah. So, anyway. But those it's, two guys back-to-back -back have been dynamite. And I, I don't know if there's any brain games or chemistry or push each other or anything like that. But it's a fun narrative to tell that you have these two workhorses side by side. Yeah. And, and honestly, it, we'll get into the, the Fetter effect here in a second, but he's coaxed <laughs> some, some good innings out of some real randos this year too. I, we talked about Willie, but also uh, Funkhauser, his yep. emergence has kind of happened since the last time we were, we recorded together. Joe of all people is, is somehow back now getting a little um, better little better even even buck hasn't been hasn't been terrible in his return um he, he's getting good innings out of randos which is i, I feel like I, I on this show all the time talk about you see good good teams turn bad pitchers into good pitchers and i always think why can't we do that we kind of are doing that at least to a, a lesser uh, at least to a little extent whereas that has never been the case you might be wearing fetter colored glasses a little bit I, I think that I think that is well established, but 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 my point holds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're getting good stuff out of Funkhauser and Peralta, but why isn't he doing that with Brian Garcia or fixing Daniel Morris? I mean, They're too far gone, too far gone. There's nothing Federer can do. <laughs> you got your own narrative going with these guys. I see, I see. But no, I mean, not to make light of it, there there are some guys that a certain voice just isn't going to work for. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it's I, Ballister was on uh, last time and I asked him about coaching. Well, you can listen to the episode. I don't have to recap it all for you, but um, basically he did not put a lot of stock into coaching and co mm -hmm. pitching. He, it was kind of like, if you're going to the pitching coach, you're not in a good situation. It's not going well for you. And I thought, I thought that was kind of fascinating, but yeah, that, that, that is really interesting. I'd love to hear um, a couple other guys speak into that. that, Coach that, him up. that yeah, definitely. Um, 
So what the other thing that people? we the other thing we want to talk about was the three inning starts, uh, you know, in quotes for Mize, Manny, and Scooble, kind of artificially yeah. limiting uh, certain outings to keep them throwing, you know, throughout the entire season and not just like shutting them down in August or whatever. You like it? Well, I think if you are going to limit innings, I like that better than skipping starts. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. It gives them it gives them the experience of going through the ritual of starting. I don't know. Right. I feel like there's just I mean, that's it's muscle memory. I don't have any issue with it. I think that that's probably the right call. Yeah, I mean, they at least established that pattern over a 162 game season. They, you know, figure out what it takes for their body and their mind to get through it. Uh, I think it's better than just sending some guy to Florida for a month in the middle of the season and just, okay, throw, hang out. And I don't know. I, I, I am also in the camp of being proactive in limiting innings. I know old school guys would simply say, well, back when I was a kid, you know, you just threw. Well, you also weren't throwing 95 miles per hour on every fastball too yeah evan so, had my mys on pace for 170 innings uh okay. at the moment like if all if everything stayed the same which it's a plenty healthy I'm, season yeah definitely i like it that's I, I i like you say i i like that much better than shutting them down in august or shutting them down down for a random month in yeah sending them down H- have you month. heard of this before is this a thing that i just hadn't heard about um I mean, I, I can't imagine they're the first to do it, but right. not I, I don't know that it's particularly common. Truth be told, I don't necessarily watch a ton of baseball outside of the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, I um, did like how Hinch got ahead of it and was just like, um, I'm going to take him out after the third inning. He's not going to be injured or anything like that. So um, that was smart. Um, two more things. We'll, we'll run through these real quickly because we're far from experts on either subject. The first, Roberto Campos, the international yes. signing from a couple couple years ago. I don't know. Time runs together. We signed him in the past. First uh, pitch of his of his uh, minor league debut, he went yard on, and holy cow, the swing is beautiful. Any video or pictures of Roberto Campos before before this week was like seeing a video of a Sasquatch. Like there was the outline of a person. It looked like a baseball player, but we don't know. It was all folklore and myth. It was and like now, the, the headshot on MLB the show when they didn't have a specific picture of the yeah, player. It was the gray silhouette. Um, and we had like one picture of this young man. And now we have a video of him hitting a home run. And it was beautiful. It, it was good I'm, did you see the uh just like the bat flip too it wasn't really oh, yeah. a bat flip. it was just like this game's easy what is the big deal this is what roberto does definitely <laughs> I, i'm 100 yeah. bought in and yeah. that's simply based on one swing of the bats but it was bob nice. fields bob fields <laughs> obvious uh other thing the mlb draft starts on sunday so this will be the last show before it starts we have the third pick seems like there's a couple different ways that we can go uh prep shortstops have been have been mentioned a lot jordan lawler uh, marcella meyer cleo watson and i've i think it was uh kylie mcdaniel that linked us heavily with brady house um i would be lying if i said i knew anything about any of them uh <laughs> College starting pitcher Jack Leiter is kind yeah. of the one that everyone knows the most about. That's the and name, then, right? And then prep arm Jackson Job. So those are kind of your three routes: prep shortstop, college starter, 
high school starter. His uh, How- rocker not a thing anymore? Mm-mm. Velocity dip, kind of a bigger cat. I don't know. I I think I think the Royals are kind of locked in on him at like seven, but he's okay. definitely not going to go higher. No. So what what direction are you thinking? Okay. All things uh, all things being equal, I don't I don't know enough to break down each of a, a player, but I did see a little banter of like, well, we already have somebody who can do this or whatever. That stuff is nonsense. You need to take the best player who you envision being the the biggest contributor to your MLB team one day that to a ML and MLB team one day and you do not look at the position at all at any point in the draft right like it's never constantly best available like there there is no other option how many rounds do they have this year do you know I think it's more full is it okay so now when you get later and you need to round out your minor league squad I mean, these are the guys that you're hiring just to play catch with your prospects. So then you can fill a position or whatever. But early in the draft, no, you do not care. You you take your best guess at who's going to be best. It's This isn't the NFL or the NBA. You just take the best player. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to go on the record and think I and say that I think they take Khalil Watson. I think they'll take lighter because that's the only guy I know. That would be, I mean, he's, he's really good. It, it would be hard to pass on him, but then again, they don't ask us. So do you, um, do you know the difference between Kamir rocker and uh lighter? I feel like there's a joke coming. Rocker is kind of heavy and, uh, and Jack is a little lighter. There was a joke coming, and I kind of wish there wasn't. What's the difference between a? It's like the hippo and a zip. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? A hippo is really heavy, and a zippo is a little lighter. Your face is disgusted, but I know deep down everyone's enjoying that. I hope so. That was that was an awful joke. All right, what else we got for the people? Power rankings. Oh, geez, I got to make up for it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, man, I've had a month off from power rankings. Oh, I gotta stretch the old PR muscles here. Let's go. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this baseball player, but there's a guy named Otani. Are you familiar with him? I've heard of him. He is getting the Babe Ruth comparison, and for good reason. He is hitting bombs. He is pitching well. He had a little, he stubbed his toe a little bit. 
But the guy is a god among men. Is he not? I mean, he's he a thousand percent is. Yep. A thousand percent. He's so exciting. Um, and yes, he's compared to Babe Ruth, but Babe Ruth faced, you know, part-time bartenders and potato and plumbers. farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Otani is is getting the top of the heap of pe- people from all walks of life, professionals and all uh, races and parts of the world uh, who have trained and now are the part of big time baseball. Otani is is doing it against those people. Not I'll say big. I'll say this. He had 100 percent of the guys he's faced both in the box and on the mound are full time professional baseball players. Absolutely. And very good at what they do. Um, Babe Ruth was not hitting against people who are throwing 97 miles an hour. No, no. Anyway, so in some respects, Otani is doing something that's that's never been done, and he's doing it as a pitcher. But this got this led me to, to think a little bit about positions in baseball, and what do you think, or what do I think, more importantly, are the best positions to play in baseball? Oh, okay. So this could be, you know, in the majors, but also maybe high school or, or even little league. Like what position wow. is the is the best? You went deep this week. Yeah. Very philosophical. Strained the old noggin. Starting All right, here we go. Starting at number seven, I have left field. Left field. I, of the outfield positions, this one is is getting the most action. You're getting the most balls, especially when you play the use. Everybody's hitting it to left field you have a chance the better chance to participate in the game as a left fielder and there's less running than in center field double win double win uh starting at number uh six i have third base you get quite a few balls there you get to run in and charge the bunts that's kind of exciting and uh, when you do field the ball you get to show off you know guns (laughs) show off that arm so I, I'm with you on all of those things, but what makes third base kind of suck is when it gets hit to you, it's a laser it's a at you most of the time. It is a screamer. So I guess it just depends on what you want in your position. Yeah, get the married men off the infield. Isn't that the line? <laughs> Be careful. Um, number five, I have second base. Seems like kind of an interesting, fun ex- uh, um, position to play. You get to be involved in double plays. You get to cover the base on uh, stolen base attempts. You know, cut off man occasionally. Second base yeah. seems kind of cool. Uh, number four, I have number four. first base. First base. Uh, you get to catch it on infield outs. That's fun. And you get, you get to, to throw it around. Oh, yeah. yeah. You throw it around. Also, this is the an awesome part of playing first base. If you pick it, you know, you make a great pick. Uh, you're you're a genius, and you're you're a good guy. You helped, but if you miss it and don't make the pick, whose fault is it? Always on the throw. Always on the throw. That's right. So that's best of both both things. And you've you've played a little bit of first base in your day, right? <laughs> Slow pitch sure softball, softball yeah, yeah. I feel like there is nothing, no play in baseball that is actually easier but looks difficult than the pick at first base. Like, it's not that hard. It just looks like it is. I don't know. I've, it's so satisfying. That. So satisfying to make that out, to get that out yeah. at first base. And you had to do, you know, 10% of the work. Exactly. Right. Yeah. First definitely. base, pretty good. Uh, number three, we have uh, catcher. Oh, woof, you can have this one. 
you get to be a part of every every play you know yet you, you get the you get to banter with the umpire you work the mental game right this is a thinking yet you, you have to this is like chess boxing you have to be smart and intellectual and thinking but you also need to be kind of tough you know block the balls be get down in the tough. dirt yeah, you gotta be tough. Have you seen the abuse that Alex Avila took for years behind the dish? Hard remember that? Pass. Remember that spark that went off his face mask from the baseball? That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, he got he got beat. He took a lot in the face mask. Yeah. Uh, number two, shortstop. I feel like the the shortstop is getting the most infield balls. This is the this is kind of the glamour position defensively, oh, yeah. wouldn't you say? Like, um. Would you, it's like the number nine in soccer. Would you say, you know, you get the, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of prestige. All the pretty boys play second. Look at you with your soccer analogies. I'm real impressed. All the coaches, kids are playing shortstop, but good athletes that you get double plays, you know, you get to do exciting stuff. Shortstop's pretty good. Uh, Number one position in baseball. What do you got? I'm going to guess uh, left-handed reliever slash swing man. Good. Yeah, pitcher. We're going with pitcher. This, we're going to the Midwest. Not great. Like, big, pitch, pit, big, big pitcher, pitcher. Um, so when you're the pitcher, you are the game. Yeah, you are in control. Nothing's happening without you. Uh, and talk about coaches, kids, too. I mean, they're always the pitcher. All the best kids seen in the Little League team get to pitch. I never got to pitch. I'm sad about that, but uh, it's so depressed. I'm so sad. I have, I have so many regrets in life. Uh, so yeah, pitcher is number one. I I feel like that's hard to argue with. I mean, you are you're the show. That's yep. that's that's what they called me when I pitched. That's what we call some of the other guys that now that they're pitching, but. It's got to be disconcerting for pitchers when they watch themselves on TV. Like afterwards, the camera is there. You can count how many nose hairs are sticking out of each nostril for these pitchers. It's like right up in their grill. I still remember Jabba Chamberlain, you know, with the midges and stuff. He's fighting. Poor guy. You got this camera right in your face. Yeah. Jabba for sure was somebody that the camera could have given a little space to. Yeah. Also, Kyle Funkhauser, you know, I, I, his cheeks are glowing, glowing from the dugout. You get that up close. He's got the garden higher cheeks going. He is. Yeah, he's charged. He's up. got us. I don't I don't know what Funkhauser is, but he's got to have some Dutch in him. Right. Like that's that's a huge Dutch trait. Ro- rosy cheeks. Yeah. Do I have a rosy? Che- maybe oh, you do. You're hardly okay. even moving. And you got him. <laughs> Wooden shoes and red cheeks. Okay. Uh, third, three worst. The uh, Eric Wayne story. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, third from the worst. Center field. You've already, identi- already identified why this is bad. Center field. Too much running. It's a lot of running. My, my apologies. Uh, and um, to, to jump the gun there. You get no foul ball uh, stand interactions. You're not, you're not stealing anybody's nachos playing sec- his center. That's true. That is true. Uh, second from the worst is designated hitter. Um, sure, you're not playing defense, but at least you can hit, and you get to chill on the bench, chop it up Eat with sunflower seeds. Eat sunflower seeds is pretty good. It's a good life. Nobody expects anything out of you. 
you can't look bad on defense as a DH. I mean, you, I feel like you're you're outlining something good. Uh, number one, the worst defensive pos- position in baseball. I'm pretty sure right field's the only one left. Right field is what's left. Um, so I don't know about your little league, but they always stuck whatever turd was left and had to play out in right field. Nobody's hitting it to right field. You get no balls. You get no action. You just got to run out there, stand there like Brennan Bosch out in right field uh, until the inning is over, and then you can run it. In the majors, it's only a little better. Usually you're sticking some chump out in right field. That's it. That's power rankings. All right. That was good. That was good. Was it? I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I've spent a lot of time on the road while not spending much time on the side of the road. Uh, but we just had the the 4th of July, what, like three nights ago, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know where you live, but I live in South Bend, Indiana, and I'm apparently surrounded by a bunch of hillbillies because the fireworks were just going wild all night long. And I, I tweeted really? this out, but I feel like I always enter the four thinking it's one night, let them have their fun. It'll be fine. And then by like 1030, I am ready to go out there and fist fight somebody like that's, you know, it's one night. Your, Stop being an your, old man. Have your fun, but do it quietly. Do it quietly. Do have your quiet fireworks. Yeah, exactly. That's so. Anyway, out out running uh, today and yesterday, I was able to locate where the fireworks were coming from from the the you know remnants skewed out on the sidewalk, and it turns out that they were literally everywhere. So that's. I'm guessing you, as you went by, gave them a passive aggressive frown. No, I, I gave him the other finger. It's the it's when you it's when you give the ring finger, it means screw you. It's it's softer. Such a child. <laughs> uh, so so that's what I've seen on the side of the road while running. I'm home now, so I should have more time on the sidewalk. Hopefully, I will see more yeah. things. We want a hubcap or you know, dead armadillo, and you know, an old deodorant can or something. Oh, I forgot to tell you this one. I did see, remember, remember last fall when I, when I saw a bunch of the, uh, playing cards on the side of the road that were all, I can't remember either diamonds or hearts. I saw another one against, again, this spring. It's wild. I don't know what's going on, but there's there's something going on. There's a rogue magician around losing his cards. Just missing a few in one specific suit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to Twitter questions. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Twitter questions. I don't think we have much in the way of Twitter questions. They use, uh, let me see. Oh, maybe we got a couple more. That's all right. All right I'm bantering because I'm looking them up. Um, what, a, what a professional. Looking up and bantering at the same time. Yeah, now I'm going to go derp, derp, derp because I can't figure out what to say next. Okay, now nah, I don't think thing. anyone will notice that as being different from normal. Harsh. Harsh, but fair. <laughs> okay. Um, will the tight. This is Steve Johnson at Cold Blue with two U's. Asks Will the Tigers be over 500 by August? No. Uh, no. That would be stunning. That would be if, fun. They they'd have to win uh what's their they have to win like eight consecutive games or something like that to be back to five hundred. I'm gonna go on and say they don't do that. Um 
not to be the the poo pooer, and I feel like I've said this exact statement on the show before, but I think the stretch that we just finished may be the best stretch of the season, and we might want to prepare ourselves for that. Although we did it against um, Houston, and we love playing Houston. I'm assuming it's like rah rah for AJ or something like that. Almost as much as we love playing Seattle, we're five and one against Seattle. Well, it's because Seattle's trash. We're five and two against Houston. Um, the White Sox, we've won four and lost nine. So not so good. That's not as good. No, but a lot of people will tell you that. White Sox are really good. They Who are. else have we beat up on a little bit? The Royals were seven and six against the Royals. St. Louis, we had that two oh series. Yeah, we own the we own the Cardinals. There's there's no the doubt about that. Undefeated. Uh, the only team that we've played that we haven't beat was Oakland. We've played them four times and lost four times. Yeah, they own us. Like just historically, I can't remember oh, a time that we've had good series against never, Oakland. Never been good. It's um, fun. Cam Gerard at Cam underscore Gerard asks: Short sell short or stock up on short stock? Play on words. I feel like this one's for you. You like that? Um, I'm, I, I'm buying short, he's which is terrible. not to say short buying. Zach short. He's, Stop. he is, he's booty. He's so bad. He's not bad. I like Zach short and I I'm buying Zach short. I, I like him personally, but he, as a baseball player is very, what do you, not, what do you not like about him? He's got plate approach. He gives you some sneaky power, not even sneaky dis- power, power, power. He plays dislike- a good defense. He is not as good as Harold Castro. Stop. That says that says everything you need to know. When Stop Harold Castro it. is a better ball player than you, I'm not going to like you. That is Zach Short hits for a ton more power than Harold Castro. Okay, he's got 3 homers and Harold has 2. I don't I mean that is 50% more, but I don't think that that is significant. <laughs> I disagree. I I I'm high on Short. I like Short. Somebody has to be. Although you, he did st- and his mom. I mean, those are the two I'm assuming. Hey, you leave me and Mrs. Short out of this. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. He struck out six times in a row. Sure. to do with that. He's Who just a bad it? baseball player. He is not. He's fine. I like short. We'll see. We'll see if he sticks around. Um, I, I like where, how we're using Harold Castro as the metric for Mr. Short. <laughs> Poor Harold. Uh, Evan. Uh, Evan underscore 1995 zero asks, remember when people, oh, this is in regard to the hats that we talked about. Remember when people were concerned about the Nike logo on the front of the jersey? I still don't like the Nike logo. I do, but I'm, I'm also a Nike guy. But yeah, the um, the multi-font ones are bad. This is one I want to bring up to you. Did you see the Giants one? Like the, the Golden Gate Bridge, like into the clouds? color scheme oh are you talking about the whole uniform the alcatraz theme uniform i just saw a little bit of it are they good people have been dogging on it i actually kind of like it i mean uh, granted i'm I'm a big bridge guy everyone knows that everybody i kind of think they're cool i didn't say that on twitter though because i don't want to get yelled at i like the boston day ones the the yellow and blue for i like those too i thought they were cool i like bright stuff so but everybody, like my my friend, is a big White Sox fan, and he loved the White Sox South Side jersey. But I I just thought those are okay. They looked a little gas stationy for me. Like, yeah, you never want to go full gas stationy. I yeah. I definitely agree with that sentiment. There, I mean, they just looked something not quite right. They're a little knockoff. But I don't know. I, anybody who's not us, 
I'm good with innovating. Mix up your jerseys, do whatever, because it just makes us look more awesome. Because we just want one thing. And that's why, um, who commented here? Oh, who try a ball at who trying to ball? Who trying to ball? Who tried to ball? You tried to ball? Uh, I just want the old D back. And I am with him. I, I want the old rounded non-matching jersey D. I'm petty for that, aren't I? No, nope, everybody right. else has moved on. Uh, that that is definitely true. I'm not sure that I'm calling you petty for that, but you are definitely the only well, you and who trying to ball are the only who two trying that are to, still yeah. on that. Thank you. I'm trying to ball. Evidently, who's yeah. trying to ball? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Hutrina. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Mr. Ball. Uh, Michael Litzner, who's our regular questioner at Litzner, asks, how close to 500 do you see the Tigers getting by the end of this favorable July schedule? Uh, He makes a good point. This has been pointed out a couple of times. The July schedule is looking um, a little bit easier. We have, um, and I'm scrolling down, we have two more at Texas, then four at Minnesota. That's Those are winnable games. Minnesota will find a way to take three or four. And let's, then let's we have, honest. wait a minute, is this right? Then we have four home against Minnesota. We play Minnesota for eight consecutive games. Is that right? I mean, if you're looking at it on the internet, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably decently correct. Oh, because the all-star breaks in the middle. So hmm. we play... Four at Minnesota, all-star break, and then four home Minnesota, and then four home versus Texas. So we play a total of three teams this month. Hmm, Interesting. We play 15 games versus Texas and Minnesota this month. That's crazy. I like it. I like it. Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And then... Then we play a, a game, a series at the Royals, and then what? More Minnesota twins. Who's yeah, making the... this schedule? Okay, so yes, a favorable July schedule. Um, I don't know. It will. Uh, how twi- close to five hundred? The we twins are, are currently a, are a dangerous team. They're not as bad as they've been. Eventually, they're yeah. going to start riding that ship, and just historically speaking, it's probably going to be at our expense. We're yeah, I feel like seven. I'm the, I'm the poo pooer tonight. Apparently, we're seven games. We would have to go. In this month, there are what did I say? Uh, eight, twelve, thirteen. There's fourteen games this month. Do the do the math. We it, no, It's you. not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But Could easy get close schedule. though. Anything's possible. Um. So I will say within four games of five hundred. We could pick up three games this month. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Sure. I'm big on moderation. Yeah, um, we all should be. Oh, here's who trying to ball again. Are you, are you okay? Yeah. You trying to ball? Trying who to trying ball. to ball asks, how, when, why, no more Mazzara? How is he on the team? When's he leaving and why is he in the lineup? There has been a lot a lot of Nomar Mazzara discontentment. It's true. Are, are you on um, the, are you trying to run him out of town with who trying to ball? As always, you need to look at who are we replacing him with? 
Right. Your your boy, Derek Hill, My obviously boy. Uh, an option. Nico will be due to come back at some point. He could play in the outfield. The other yep. option that a lot of a lot of people I've seen a lot of this on Twitter is Jacob Robson. Um, not on the forty man, I don't believe. Kind of a journeyman in the system. Yeah, he's we been around. A we while, don't pay, but... we don't pay attention to AAA numbers for re- like. I can see why you would think that he's earned a chance. Which, if and if you want to give it to him, I, I have no issue with that. Um, but none of these guys are significantly better than Mazzara. So it, I feel like I don't have the energy to get worked up about something like Nomar Mazzara. Yeah. And if you're going to say, oh, you know, we need to go to the kids. You need to play Derek Hill, one of the young people over Nomar Mazzara. They're essentially the same age. <laughs> I mean, Derek Hill is 25 and Mazzara is 26. I mean, they're the, yeah. they're the same age. So. Daz is a little bit of a different case, but then again, Daz has want, an injury issue. Yeah, Daz, yeah. So what, if if some of the players get healthy again and and Mazzara is struggling and standing in the way, sure, send him down. But right now, he's who, whose way is he in? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He's kind of like Urania. Like, uh, what, are you, what else are you going to do? He's... Yeah. I, some somebody has to fulfill that role we're we're a rebuilding team and somebody's just got to be there and absorb some of the suck that's happening and we don't have anybody no he's not standing in anybody's way yeah all right uh, that's it that's twitter questions this week nice i, I don't mind that I, I like a i like a good twitter question but keeping it tidy is keep also it, not keep good it snappy also, I'm just looking down at my notes and I have I have like bold heading for each of the segments. In under Twitter questions, I just have the words Dowel Lugo. I have no context. <laughs> it just says Dowel Lugo. I have no idea at where, what point that, that got. Where were there. you going with that? I I don't know. But I, I'd love to get into the headspace of myself when when I wrote that. Yeah. So there's Dowell a player Lugo. that took more energy than in headspace than really he warranted. Yeah. It, I mean, it was just that he was the closest to the big leagues when that trade was made. And we were desperate for something. Yeah. Did you see Hinch's quotes about trading uh, just today? Hinch's quotes about trading scope um, or a reliever. And basically the essence of the quote was, um, you know, there were times where, teams could just come and pick out what they wanted for a discount. Well, we're not there anymore. We, this keeping these guys around uh, is going to help the, the, the rise of the, of Detroit basically. Um, And I found this fascinating for a couple of reasons. One is you're setting new expectations for teams who might want to add somebody that, Oh, maybe you have to pay up a little bit more. And two He's he's making these comments. You don't see Ale making these comments, and he's kind of earned the right. And I'm sure Ale is fairly comfortable with him doing this kind of work and saying these kinds of things. I, I found it quite fascinating. Yeah, I think he has. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he has more say in personnel than Gardenhire. Gardenhire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like you say, I'm comfortable with that. Honestly, I'd probably rather have him picking guys than Avila. Like, it's obviously very low bar. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm completely but what if the behind trade, it. I think it's good. 
how are you going to feel if the trade deadline comes and goes? And um, one of the big contenders, and we keep scope, and one of the big contenders buys some other infielder for a prospect. Are you going to feel, and, and, then, and then scope leaves. I mean, he's going to be a free agent again after this year. Are you going to feel cheated or bad that we didn't trade scope? I mean, not to cop my way out of this one, but it, it just depends on the prospect. Like yeah. I, the era of, you know, a rental for a prospect, like that's, it's kind of over. Like nobody does that. I don't really like, if we don't get the brewers number 10 prospect for Jonathan scope and someone else does right, for right. their, for their comparable, like I'm, I'm fine with that. The, just give me, you know, ha- give me my other, give me the rest of scope. Give me the other half of the season. Yeah, and you I know, feel even stronger about guys like Cisnero that I feel like normally we'd be like flip, flip, flip. But we are close enough that at some point we we could need him to compete. He's very good. Like, and um, the second halves of some of these seasons, like um, nineteen, eighteen, like we trade these guys away, and the second half becomes brutal to yeah. watch. It, it's just it's, it's spiraling, circling the drain. Give us something to dream on a little bit. Keep them around just to, yeah, show some of the other guys some excellence and some wins in the clubhouse. That's got to be worth something and maybe worth more than the Brewers' number 10 prospect. Who knows? And the the other thing that people forget is, like, the trade deadline isn't the only time you can trade, guys. Like, you can increase somebody's value by having a good second half to the year going into the following. Like, I don't think that's the plan for somebody like Cisnero, but it it could be. I I don't know. But we'll um, see. I, I think I think we're going to be more reluctant to move everybody and their brother this year. If we have, I put the over under at one trade. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very quiet. It could be I I kind of yeah, I kind of think it's going to be zero. And like you say, I'm I'm completely fine. Like if somebody wants to come and offer a top 200 prospect. Yeah, by all means. But I just don't think that's going to happen for Jonathan Scope. And it probably shouldn't. Like if we if we're being honest, like I don't know. Maybe 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 he has more value to a contender than than I'm assuming. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trade somebody that you can dream on in the farm system for a half a season of Jonathan Scope. Yeah, I mean the only thing is if somebody just does not have a viable alternative, they're they're just so hungry for an infielder, and then they're going to be worth something. He's going to be worth something. I mean. What up, fam? This is, of course, your boy Jordan here to tell you about one of my all-time favorites, Moot's Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me. I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like Garlic Knots, the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, Gemelli Pasta, and that Chocolate Lava Cake is hotter than Andrew Romine in April. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they validate two hours of parking in Lot Z. Tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. So Fortunately, he he plays first and he plays second now. Versatility. That's what the people like. Get some yeah. going. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter and Instagram. I am at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain. And the show is at podcastianos. Eric, it's been a good show. Good to shake some of the rust off. As you yeah. say, re rework those uh, PR muscles, which 
I shudder to think where on the body those are located, but um, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you haven't right pulled where, any of them. Right where the snakes bite. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? Good to have you back in the driver's seat hall, you know, shepherding the cats, keeping it all together. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And with that, we will see you all next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 